Hello and welcome to the Post to Post Podcast, Season 5, Episode 11. And for the first time in a long time on YouTube, I get to update the bottom banner bar to add a third person to the podcast. Yes. The goat is back. He is. Welcome back. Well, it's great to be back. Good to see you two guys again. More or less. <laughs> yeah, you kind of did a little <laughs> handshake there. So. <laughs> yeah, it's good it's... to be back. It's good to be back and uh, out of the whole social distancing Provincial distancing thing. I want to talk about something real quick that we talked about on the last podcast. So you said that PEI was one of the provinces that lifted the no masks. That's correct, yeah. So tell us about that. Do some stores still want you to wear them or is it just a free-for-all, you can do what you want now? They've left it up to the individual choice of businesses. So Mm -hmm. some stores are still mandating masks and other stores are saying do what you like. Um, The official encouragement, though, from the province's government is that everybody should wear masks indoors unless they'd rather not. You know, it, it's a suggestion now, not an order, except it still is an order in healthcare facilities. So if you're in the hospital, a medical clinic or a facility like that, you need to continue to wear your mask. Other places, it's optional unless the landowner or store owner says, I still want you to wear a mask. So what have you noticed in terms of, have has there been a lot that have eased it or do you find that most of them still require it? I think most people are still wearing the mask even when they don't have to by law. Mm-hmm. I just think they're comfortable with the mask on now. There are there there's an element of the population that thinks that PEI relaxed the mask mandate a little too soon. Um, and they will continue to wear masks, so will I. I don't know that they've relaxed it too soon, but if you let people do what people want to do, people will start doing stupid things. And uh, <laughs> I think that uh, the more uh, official the, uh, the the rule is for wearing masks, the more likely it'll be followed. And But we are getting to a point now, well over 80% of PEI residents have, or eligible residents have their first dose, and uh, we're now closing in on 60%, I think, for the second dose, uh, which is not as high as other provinces, but it's still pretty good. See, the reason why I asked that is it was announced that New Brunswick is going to go to full green mode next Friday, which means all restrictions are gone, and I think we're at like 60-some percent. And the original thing was they wanted 75% on the second dose and all of a sudden they're just like, well, all the other provinces are doing it, so we may as well do it Yeah, too. we're close enough, basically. <laughs> basically, we're giving up on it. Yeah, by right. the time we get to next Friday, or now it's this coming Friday, by yeah. the time we get to Friday, we'll probably be in a good spot. Because mm-hmm. I was just wondering, like, what's what's Fredericton going to look like? Are you going to wear a mask still? Yeah, I probably will. I imagine for my work, I'm going to still have to. Mm. So if I'm just going in to get groceries real quick, and plus I have a five-month-old upstairs. That's so. true. Yeah, that's very smart. Uh, I think I definitely will, but if it's, it's like I've been in stores, sometimes it's been so unbelievably hot. I've literally dropped what I've been doing and just left because I, I can't breathe. So if it's like super hot and I'm sweating and my whole face is just whatever, I might take it off, but I'll go in to every store probably with a mask. I'm on. trying to think where I was yesterday. I think it was Sobeys. Maybe it was Superstore. It was one of the two grocery stores. They had removed the arrows from the bottom of the lanes. Oh, wow. They were gone. They did the same thing at the Sobeys and where I live. Okay, maybe it was Sobeys then because yeah. I noticed that and I hate that because I'm dumb and I follow those stupid arrows. Yeah. So if I want something that's from here to Brent and the aisle, but it's an exit aisle, I walk all the way down the one beside to come back yep. to be a good guy. And then when I'm coming back, there's someone going the yep, other way. 100% every time. Yeah. Drives me nuts. And then they look at you. What I often do if I go in somewhere lately, people think that, well, because we have masks now, we don't need to worry about the arrows. You know, that was a mm-hmm. thing for a while. So people would be totally ignoring the arrows. And I would put my shopping cart right in the middle Me of the too. lane. And I'd give them the big stink <laughs> that's, that's eye. Awesome. And I'd be like looking right at them. And then the minute they made eye contact with me, I'd look down at the arrow. Yeah, look back I do at the them, same thing. Down at the arrow, look back at them. And sometimes they'd say, oh, sorry. You know, like, don't apologize to me. You didn't do anything to me. <laughs> yeah. 
you did it to all of society. So go away and <laughs> repent for your sins. You know. <laughs> what's it? Uh, what's it like breathing mainlander air? Um, Being back on a, a real piece of land. <laughs> you make it sound like we're living on a, <laughs> yeah. a, Chi- a Chinese junk or something out in the in the bay. Yeah. Um, no, it, it is great to be back uh, to see actual rocks. You don't see a lot of rocks in PEI. I guess it's, it's it a big sandbar. So you come here and you see like rock outcroppings of granite. And it's like, oh, that's a thing. That's true. I guess the, there's definitely foresty areas of PEI. Oh, yeah. Coming off the bridge and then seeing just endless forest is probably a little... Endless well. forest. And then there's things that, you know, not having been driving on the mainland for at least a year now or almost a year... Your whole radar about looking for moose and deer and and big animals that might run in front of your vehicle, like that's gone because in PEI there are no deer, there are no moose, there are no big animals, no bears, other than cows. The odd cow will wander onto the road, but um, <laughs> really, they're like as far as bounding out in front of you in the middle of the night and and causing an accident. Anyone who's hit a deer or a moose, and I've hit a deer in the past, you never forget that, and it can always go really badly. And in PEI, you just don't have that fear. And then you get on the mainland and you have to remember that you should have that fear, mm. especially driving at night. So And the speed limit too. Yeah. You come off that bridge and then you get up to 100 and 110 and then 120 on the highway. I think the highest speed limit in PI is 100. I only think it's 90 actually. I don't know if there's any 100s in I PI. I think it might be 100 past Summerside heading to like O'Leary. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I've never But still, there. it's definitely no 110s or 120s in PI. No. And of course, when it says 110... You're doing 10 or 15 or 20 over. Yeah. When it says yeah. 110, I'm usually doing 124. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking kilometers an hour for our American friends, oh, not that's right. miles per hour. Yeah. But 110 is roughly 70 or, or low 70s for miles per hour. Yeah. Um, so 120 and change is, you know, you're doing 80, 85. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in a divided highway with lots of moose fencing or whatever, uh, where you're likely safe to go fast. Um, yeah. If If I'm doing my 124... There's more cars passing me oh, than yeah, I am passing. Definitely. Yep. So, yeah. Good average. Well, boys, I feel like something recently happened in the NHL. It was kind of. There's like, been a lot that's been happening. Yeah. Like, it's been. I mean, we predicted it last podcast. We said, you know, towards the end of the month, we're going to have a lot happen. There's more that happened than I thought would happen. There's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of controversy potentially to talk about. Okay. So, why don't we start with the draft first? Let's do it. And let's start off by saying that the draft was kind of a. A bust because we knew... Oh, never mind. I'm getting ahead of myself. What? Let's talk about it. <laughs> talk about I what? thought we were talking about the expansion draft for a second. Oh, okay. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. You t- okay. I was going to say it was a bust because They're both of, drafts. Yes. But. Sorry, I got the wrong draft in my head. <laughs> okay, so Buffalo takes Owen Power first. I think everybody's seen that Yeah, coming. kind of expected. Yeah. So that's that's understandable. Um, as far as drafting, there wasn't really anything ex- exciting other than the Montreal Canadiens pick, which we'll get to. But as far as who went second... Or who went third, or whatever. Like, it's not one of those years where there's it's a stacked draft. It doesn't seem like it. And I guess time will tell. Yeah, we we don't. It know. just doesn't seem like this. Didn't seem like an exciting draft going into it. No, I wasn't excited. I didn't even watch and, it. And a lot of times, you know, the, in the drafts past, they've kind of hyped it up going into it. Yes. So this one wasn't hyped up. So it's either going to be a dud of a draft, or it's going to end up being like a lot of like blossoms later that we just don't know about right now. Yeah. So a lot of these names, you look at them and you're like. Cool, I don't know who that is. And you don't really follow any of the prospects. Nope. I definitely don't follow any of the prospects. I don't think you do either. No. I just don't, I literally no. just don't have time as a hockey fan to worry about who's coming up in the NHL uh, or going to be in the NHL 
Uh, I just don't have time. So I'm not really focused on the draft anyway. And then they make it even more difficult beyond that by making it like a four hour event to pick 31 or 32 players. (laughs) That's that's a little ridiculous. Like I, I, people on Twitter were just going crazy last night over how ridiculous it was. And I'm glad I didn't watch it. I'm glad that I, we chose to play, you know, a a board game. We had some friends over. We did a board game. Yeah. And we uh, ended at like midnight. Maybe a little bit before midnight. I know I turned the TV on at midnight and Carolina's pick was waiting. Yeah. I'm like, like wow, this is still going. That's rid- it's ridiculous. Like, that's I mean, you were calling out the picks and stuff when they were happening. We, we were paying attention to it a little bit. Like you were over there with your phone. Yeah. But if you sat down on your couch and you just had that on, you were watching that for three and a half hours or whatever. Ooh. Uh, no regrets not watching it. Very happy that we did not watch it. Ooh. That's, yeah. I think one reason why there's not as much excitement or hype is because we really haven't seen a lot of these players that are eligible this year for the a first time. A lot of them haven't been able to play. They haven't played last year. It's true. So they don't have these massive stats or no one surged through and had a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I overheard or, or I was watching Trevor Timmons, uh, who's the Montreal head scout, and he was talking about the challenges that all scouts have had because they can't see these players in action. They yeah. have to rely on their networks. Um, they have to guess well, it's always a guess when you do a draft, but um, they I think probably this year more than any other year, you'll see people that get drafted on Saturday uh, at 150th mm. that will end up being superstars and your number five pick might be never heard from again. Yeah, just absolutely. because of that. Yeah, probably players like uh, like a Pavelski who was, I think, drafted like 291st overall or something ridiculous. Uh, we just don't know. And we might not even know in three years. It might take even longer than that to really tell. But I will say that if this production or if this event had have been an hour, I probably would have watched it mm-hmm. because I could give up an hour of my life to see all the picks. But when we're talking three, four hours for this event, no, like that's that's a significant amount of my day. The and other thing, too, I think it's less of a good TV event when it's distributed like it is. Yeah. In in the days when they had them all in one arena, all the teams were at different tables. They could walk across and talk to each other. You could mm. see them on the phones. It, it was a better media event. And then you had all the prospects up in the stands with their families. Now, they, you know, they cut away to someone's, you know, potato feed <laughs> yeah. camera or whatever in, in Sweden. And it's... It's just not the same. Yeah. It's, it's just nowhere near the same. But the one thing that hasn't changed is Gary sitting there announcing who's got the next pick. <laughs> what purpose does that serve to have the president impose his face and himself into this whole process and telling people, you know, go go ahead with the, the 28th <laughs> pick? It, it just, it's just, it, it, it's, it's unnecessary. Like, just get on with it. And that's how I feel about the whole thing. Just get on with it. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, should we move on to, uh, oh, it's worth mentioning here that Luke Hughes was uh, selected by the Devils, which is a pretty cool pick because his brother basically ruined his celebration. He like stood up and like grabbed him with a big bear. He was so (laughs) stoked to be on his team. Yeah. So two brothers on the Devils. And then the the third brother is uh, was drafted by Vancouver. And I think it's the first time. Yeah. The first time American family has had three siblings selected in the first round. Yeah. That's really cool. Wow. That's great. Yep. So that's some, really exciting for him. some good genes in that family. Yeah, they do. <laughs> that's for sure. And then uh, Kent Johnson was chosen fifth by the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then... Let's get to the real meat and the potatoes Nothing of the draft really here. happened that was super interesting. So if you until... Google NHL draft 2021, a big picture of Mark Bergman's popping up. I don't care what search engine you use. Yep. Yep. So basically, man. one of the last picks is the news. It's, it's unfortunate that that spoils the event. So Montreal took Logan Mayu, which is the guy who renounced himself from the draft a couple days ago. 
because he basically had sex with some 18 year old, took pictures of her and sent them around to people. Yeah. And it was convicted or charged or whatever. Yeah, He signed, he paid a fine basically in Sweden. I think it was Sweden, right? Yeah. And that was the end of it. And so he, he, that's he, not really punishment. He paid a fine. Yeah. And, and he literally said, don't draft me. Yeah. Or his lawyer told him to say that or yeah. whatever. And he was 17 at the time of the offense. And maybe Sweden has a similar approach that we do for young offenders. For instance, if you're mm. 17 in Canada and you do a crime, you don't nearly face the same degree of punishment as you did if you were 18. Mm. And I don't know if that's the deal in Sweden. I don't know much about Swedish law, but but he may have gotten off extra scot-free or extra lightly. And so his penalty would nowhere near come close to the magnitude of the offense right. had he been an adult, perhaps. So, so if you did not see the draft or you did not see this part of the draft, so it was like simulcast on NHL Network. So every network that had it, it was just the NHL broadcaster. So Sportsnet didn't have their own people. TSN didn't. It was just one thing, and everyone had that one feed. Mm. They were speechless when this pick was made. And there's a four-minute clip. I think Sportsnet uploaded it onto YouTube. I think it's four and a half minutes. If you didn't see it, look it up. These guys are speechless once this is made. Like literally speechless? They're like... So this is this is the first thing that was said. I have, I have a couple quotes. It's four minutes long. I didn't put all of them in because they talked for four minutes. Okay. The first thing they said was, the pick was made. It was silent. And they started showing clips of him playing from his minor league team or whatever yeah and they're like all right well this is something league probably wishes didn't happen but now it's happened that was the very first thing that was said after the pick was made dang and they had those clips in the can so they were ready just in case right right. and i mean of course they have to but yeah Yeah, that's tough uh one guy said it was the most polarizing pick he's ever seen maybe in the history of the draft and then another guy said, obviously Montreal feel comfortable with the pick, but other teams at the end of the first round felt the opposite. So basically every other team was not okay to take this guy in the first round, but Montreal was. I read on The Athletic that there were, prior to the draft, there were 11 teams who had declared openly that they weren't going to oh, take it. was 11? Him. I thought it was like four or something. No, well, it might have started that way, but eventually there were 11 teams that said, we're definitely not taking this guy. And I don't know if they just meant first round or, or period. Uh, and most of the other teams probably had decided the same thing because no one did take him until 31. Mm-hmm. And then Montreal comes along. Hmm. And Montreal's next pick is 62. Yeah. And they're probably thinking, well, I bet you there's going to be a team jumping on this guy in the second round, so we better grab him now. Yeah. Like, I, that's the hockey strategy part. Still uber bad idea. But, yeah. I, you know, there, there's a bit of hockey strategy there. And it makes sense because this is the first round. This is the big first televised event. So you, maybe you don't take them on the first round. It's a less of a news story on the second day. It's still a news story, but it's not the opening day yeah. broadcast, right? And Montreal, like you said, was probably thinking, we take them now or we don't get them. So I guess they... I, I, I bet they suspected that it wasn't going to be as big of a deal as it has become. Like they knew it would be a story. But I, I don't think they expected this much backlash. Yeah, but how could it not be, though? Because they're idiots. Like, <laughs> I, they, they obviously expected some because they had a prepared statement. Oh, you're right. Yeah. They whipped that thing out quick. Absolutely, on Twitter. Yeah. They didn't even announce the pick on Twitter. They, they put the statement out even before they really said a highlight photo or something like the other teams were doing. It was just a statement. Yeah. <laughs> and and Bergevin, in, in the statement, I think it was four occasions, said the word unacceptable. Or unacceptable. You know, what happened here, what he did was unacceptable. One, unacceptable, one unacceptable. of them said, and he even talked about a, a, the picking as an organization. He said, you know, as an organization, it's unacceptable. But we believe in second chances. In other words, we're going to accept it. We're yeah. going to accept the unacceptable. It's unacceptable, but, you know, he's young, he's apologized, and it's okay. <laughs> I, I do believe that people deserve second chances. But there needs to be punishment put in place. And a fine in Sweden is not punishment. Okay, speaking of punishment, let's talk about Bob McKenzie's post on Twitter. Okay. 
So he quoted the picture that Montreal released about all the stuff we've just been talking about. Right. He said, in the final line of the statement, quote, we are committed to raising awareness among our players about the repercussions of their actions on the lives of others, end quote. We'll be met, so he says, that quote will be met with scorn, disbelief, because from a hockey perspective, he faced no real percussions, repercussions. Mm, he he's didn't. a first rounder. Yeah, he was awarded. So he paid a fine and he's a first round player. Yep. So you're right. There's no... So the only real victim in this situation is the teenage woman who actually experienced real repercussions through no fault of her own. I'm not sure many in the hockey thought he would be drafted. Oh, no. Sorry, sorry. I read that wrong. They thought he would be drafted, just not in the first round. Yeah. That's what Bob McKenzie was saying. Yeah. He, he was going to be drafted, even though he said he'd don't draft me. I think a lot of people knew he was going to be drafted, but nobody thought in the first round. Mm-hmm. And the victim, you know, when we look at the victim versus the perpetrator... She will carry this with her for the rest of her life. And now it's way more of a story, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're talking about it now. And even if we never know who she is, yeah. and nor should we ever know, but but she and her family and friends or, or close close people to her, like, this will be part of her identity forever. Mm-hmm. Like, she can't get rid of it. She can't pay a fine or, or whatever, not that she did anything wrong, but she can't do any act, act or activity that will get this off of her mm-hmm. and she'll wear it forever. And that that has to be remembered. And unfortunately, the hockey culture has been for decades, maybe not so much lately, but still obviously it happens, um, very misogynistic, very male centric. Um, and it's almost a, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink kind of thing uh, for a long, long time. And clearly, despite all the reasons why we should have a different approach as a society to this, it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for for the Canadians to do this, it just shows an immense amount of tone deafness to the issue. Now, the only good thing that, that they I think they could do here, they own his rights. They don't have to sign him to an entry-level contract for two years. And even then, they don't have to, ever. In that case, they've wasted the 31st pick in the first round. If, but if they said, look, we drafted him. We don't intend to sign him because we don't think he should play for a long, long time. And we're going to waste our pick on him just so no other team that doesn't care about women as much as we do, da-da-da-da-da. Like, I think it's too late for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Based on they, they could have been a martyr. and They could have been. And actually, that might have turned into a decent story if they'd done that. Mm-hmm. They said, look, we're going to blow our pick on this guy just to freeze him out. Yeah, they picked him, and then they tried to justify it by... Second chances. Again, yeah. I think second chances are important, but not. This is a reward. This isn't just about forgiveness. It's it's forgiving and then rewarding him. And I just it's too soon. Like, give it a year. Mm. Maybe no one drafts him, and then maybe like it's way too soon in my opinion. And uh, he should get a second chance, but he shouldn't be re- rewarded like this. And just because he was seventeen. When you get to the age of 16 or 17, you, by then, know right from wrong. I have no doubt in my mind that he knew this was sketchy or cagey the minute he decided to share these photos with some of his buddies. You can't do that and not know that it's wrong. Mm -hmm. So he is at an age where he should have known better. And he has, hopefully, um, learned a massive lesson, and maybe the lesson isn't over for him. Maybe there's more lessons to come if if he doesn't ever get to play professionally or doesn't for years and years. And, you know, the, the, yes, everybody has should have a second chance of some kind, 
but the NHL draft doesn't provide for that opportunity. You get drafted when you're a certain age, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Now, you can get drafted later if you didn't get picked last year's draft. You can get drafted this year or the following year. There's nothing to prevent that. But there is only a narrow window of time when someone blossoms as a junior-level player, gets drafted professionally, and then gets a chance to play someday. So his window was very small, and he broke that window. Um, and should he pay for the rest of his life for that? Maybe. Maybe. But certainly um, what Montreal has done it's just here. It's not worth it. It's a lose-lose situation. Oh, like man. That's going to follow him for the rest of his career if he ends up playing in the NHL. And it doesn't matter... It doesn't. It doesn't matter if he, if he becomes a great player. It's still lose lose because, like you said, she's always gonna have to live with that. Someone is always lo- is always gonna lose in this situation, and she's always gonna know that the person who hurt her was rewarded, and that there were no actual repercussions other than a silly fine in Sweden. So it's it's lose for Montreal Canadiens optically. It's lose for her. It's lose for him because he already made the mistake. It's lose for the fan base because now they have to look at that, and and it's definitely lost for Mark Bergevin who has come from the Chicago Blackhawks, who are in their own situation. That when, is, when he was there. When he was there, that is not identical, but still in mm. the realm of sexual assault. So it's lose, 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 lose. Yeah. And someone made the comment and they said, yeah, but Montreal is like the best place. If you're going to bring someone in who needs work and needs help to get back to <laughs> I see you know, that. whatever, Montreal is the best place. And at first I'm like, you know, Montreal is a great organization. That might not be wrong. But then I thought, well, what about Cassian? Because Cassian was brought in. And then he, I don't know if it was a drunk driving offense or he did something with his car, got in an accident or he had drinking problems or whatever. And they tried to mend him back and they couldn't. And then they just traded him to, I think it was Edmonton. I don't know if he went anywhere I don't prior so. to going to Edmonton, but yeah. like he's great now, but it wasn't the Montreal Canadiens who fixed Cassian. They tried to f- fix him and they failed. So what's going to happen with this guy? Montreal has such a tradition of excellence and respect. You know, wearing, uh, wearing that jersey and to some extent Toronto too and Boston and some of the other original teams. But but for Montreal, wearing that jersey, <clears throat> playing in that city, um, there is a lot of responsibility that comes with that. And not just for the players, but for the management. I can't imagine that Bergevin on his own would have made this decision. I wonder if Jeff Molson was I was just going to ask. Oh, yeah, me too. I was going to say that. Because I don't think you normally go to your owner about a draft pick. Maybe the first one. But maybe not. Maybe not a late so. round first. Not if one. you're if you're the president or GM. I can't imagine you're because this hurts. This hurts Jeff Molson's brand. Absolutely, and he's not even really technically. That's why involved. I'm wondering if he knew about it. Yeah, he maybe he didn't. Now Bergevin only has a year left on his contract, so maybe he feels like, well, I'm going to be done probably in a year anyway. I got <laughs> I got balls of steel, so I'm going to just do this, and I don't really care what happens because I'm done. And after this year, so I don't know. But for the guy who had pulled so many fairly recent moves in the last couple of years to acquire a team that actually went to the finals. Like he was being talked about as if he was some kind of evil genius or something with what he was able to do. And then he goes and said, yeah, it was just a joke. (laughs) (laughs) I was just kidding you as a whole. I'm I'm actually the... You're starting to like me again. I'm the idiot you thought I was five years ago. Here's the proof. So Uh, a player is not allowed to opt out of the draft. Technically, Which is why he was picked. Because, you know, the player said... Don't take me. And he got picked. Yep. Now, do you think players should be able to opt out of the draft? Because it's it it's kind of sketchy because if you opt out of a draft, that may, basically means you can go wherever you want. That's what the draft is for, right? So, like, say you're Neil and you're 18 years old and you're a really good player and you think you might go number one overall, so Buffalo might take you. And you're like, I don't want to play for Buffalo. I'm opting out. So now you're not part of the draft and now you can just sign with anyone you want. I mean, you can do that anyway, Eric Lindros. <laughs> yeah. 
That doesn't happen very often. No, no, it doesn't never happens. But the Lindros situation, like he refused to play for the Nordiques. Yep. And they they had no choice but to trade him. And he told them ahead of time, if you draft me, I won't be playing for you. Exactly. And the Nordiques went ahead and drafted him. (laughs) Called his bluff. And then he said, yeah, I'm not going to play for you. And they finally had to make a deal. (laughs) Worked out in their favor. They won a Stanley Cup in Colorado years later because of it. But yeah. Yeah, I just, (laughs) I, I see the wisdom in a player being able to opt out. I mean, it's their life. They should be able to be excluded from the draft if they want to be. But you know for a fact that if a player ever took advantage of that, mm-hmm. it would be for a strategic reason to help some other team yes. that wants them later or yeah, something. absolutely. So it would never be used for the right reason. Right. So I'd say, no. When you when you hit 18, you know, if you get drafted and you don't want to play, that's when you decide not to play. Yeah. You just don't sign a contract. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So there was one post I want to read from a Reddit guy. I thought it was pretty interesting. It was Anton SL. He basically talked about how as there's a four minute clip, like I said, on YouTube, as the broadcasters are kind of bashing Montreal for take this, it cuts them off in the middle of it, switches back to Gary Bettman, and he's introducing Stan Bowman of Chicago to come up and he's got a whole bunch of women standing behind him. He doesn't even like look at the camera. Oh, Stan Bowman or Gary Bettman? Bowman. Oh, yikes. It was kind of just bad. Like, so you went from bashing this from sexual assault and then boom, Stan Bowen of Chicago, who obviously is not in a good spot right now with what's going on in Chicago. That is <laughs> an intense the worst little moment of TV. Like I said, the clips on YouTube, go check it out. <laughs> Jeez. So anyway, I think we can be done with the draft there. Like there's 30, whatever picks. We don't know who they are. We don't know if they're good picks. There was a lot of trades, like a lot of teams traded a couple to move up and to move down. Yeah. And we'll talk about some of the trades as we go on here. Yeah. But, uh, Overall opinion, as a Canadians fan, very disappointed in the Montreal Canadiens. Yep. Okay, so let's jump over to Seattle. The other draft. This expansion. This is where I thought we were going for first, but so we're all good now. We're there eventually. Okay, so in ESPN's debut event as NHL partner, they have the rights to the expansion draft that was completely leaked online way before the draft happened. Yeah. So there was literally no reason to watch it other than to see what the jerseys look like. Yeah, that's that's the only reason I watched is to see the jerseys, (laughs) like literally, because I knew all the picks. What's the point of watching I, I'm not like it's not Seattle Kraken's fault no. and they're the one who was punished for it okay so before we get into any of these notes here overall what do you think of their team right now uh, I think it could have been better yeah 100% but it leaves them room for some potential interesting trades in the offseason so they've got 18 players on the roster right now it's only 50.798 million yep. so they've got 30.7 million in cap space for so potentially UFAs this summer, like Landis Gog, Sylvie Hamilton, like yep. they have money to go do something. And a lot of these players they pick don't have long term contracts. That's so right. it's like they just picked enough to get in and now they're gonna start working things, maybe. Yeah. I'm hoping. More of a long term plan versus a short term plan. Do you plan. agree this team looks worse than the Vegas team looked? I do. Pick? Yeah. hundred yes, percent. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a even from a brand perspective, like Marc Andre Fleury coming in was the face of the franchise. Even like regardless of hockey, just having him there as a an ambassador for the team is. Are you surprised? Huge for this fan are you base. surprised Seattle didn't take one player to be yeah, that? There's no one other. There's no face of the franchise for Seattle. It's Giordano right now on a one year deal, and he's thirty whatever he's 37 years old. Years yeah. old. Thirty seven years old. Thirty seven. Yeah. So they don't really have a face of the. They franchise. don't, and I, that's that's bad for the brand. Like it's not it's not bad for the brand, but it's 
So it's a missed opportunity to have a really good thing for the brand, to grow the fan base, to have this person who's your, your ambassador and the face of the franchise. And you know, it's going to be uh, lots of your fans' favorite player. Like imagine if Price went there. Mm-hmm. And we're talking 80, 90% of the fan base. That's their favorite player now, Gary Price, because of who he is. And you don't have that. You don't have you have no one as the face of the franchise. I think the face of the franchise is Ron Francis. Unless they get a big fish this summer. Unless they get a big fish. And that's kind of what I said at the end of my video. I was like, let's just wait and see what happens in the summer. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they'll be a face of the franchise. But a little underwhelming uh, as far as who they picked and disappointing that we knew everything before it even happened. Yeah, like it was obvious they were picking up cheap, low-term... Some of the picks were like, like it what? seemed like they valued their free cap space more than yes. anything. Yeah. Which might, you know, it might end up being a smart move oh, based totally. on the flat cap. It's just if you're a Seattle fan, it's kind of not that exciting to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, like You got the wind taken out of you because you're expecting more. So I have, I just have in my notes that I, I think Yanni Gord is probably going to be their breakout player of all the players they have right now. Yep, that's, I agree. Um, He was the third line center on Tampa. He's obviously going to be a top six now. And I think he's the kind of guy that will excel in a promotional role. Like, I think he's really going to be, like, Tampa was stacked. There's only so good you can be on a third line. And Mm -hmm. he was great as the third line center. If you ask him to give more responsibilities to the team, I think he's going to. Yeah, and he's he's a young kid, obviously. And usually you bring in old guys with experience to kind of mend or help the younger guys. Well, Yanni, Yanni Gore is a guy who's been through the process twice and won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. He's young, but he's got a ton of experience. He knows what it takes to get there, and he can kind of share that with his yeah. with his uh, teammates. So really, really good pick, Yeah, and I think he's going to be an awesome player. One of the few picks I'm like, yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, I really like the Donskoy pick as well, but that's a little bit biased because I really like Donskoy. But, yeah. They took Jeremy Lozon from, from Bruins. Your, from your Bruins, I yeah. I am not missing that pick at all. That I is, didn't think you would I be. I am totally <laughs> fine with that. I remember you complaining about him oh, hard in the playoffs. Yes, like, was, why would you take him? It was either the end of the season or the playoffs. But no, I remember it was you. Playoffs. Yeah, you were. And your thing was your dad too. That was. Oh yeah. Was pissed. We were all pissed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, that's good then. So I don't know. Maybe they see something in him that we didn't. But maybe there's someone that's seen like every game he played. <laughs> I don't know what you're seeing there. So. Okay, trades and signs. We've Ooh. got a whack of them. Yeah, there's tons. Um, and I don't even know if they're all here because we haven't done this podcast for what a couple weeks now. Uh, it's been two weeks, and uh, I just put a lot of these together this morning. So a lot of the more recent ones are here. So it's possible some of the older ones are not here. So we'll go through what we have here. There's still quite a bit of them, and maybe just quick comments on what we think of them. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, I want to talk about the Carolina one first because that is the most mind blowing one to me. It. Okay, well, read the trade first before. So, right, so the Carolina uh, Hurricanes trade 2021 Calder finalist goaltender Alex <laughs> Nedeljkovic to Detroit for Jonathan Bernier and a 2021 third round pick. Nedeljkovic has agreed to a two year contract with Detroit with an average of $3 million per year. So you have a goaltender who was in the top three Calder finalists. He only wanted $3 million a year. Yeah. And you traded him for Jonathan Bernier. This is potentially your goaltender for the future of your franchise. What are you doing in Carolina? $3 million. Tom Dundon, you are cheap. $3 million is so reasonable. Incredibly reasonable. Yes. Like, that's not an egregious uh, ask at all. I just don't get it. But do you know why it happened, I think? Why? Because Mark Bergevin offers you to Ajo, which forced Carolina to match it and pay out the signing bonus and all this other stuff. Of to Aho, and he had to pay that all out of pocket. It had nothing to do with hockey, just to to, to offer to him. So he he basically threw away millions and millions of dollars for nothing, just to, as a signing bonus. 
And now he's like, well, I did that. Guys were like, what, what more do you want from me? I don't got like a, a ton, a ton of money. So, but yes, no. he does have a ton, a ton he of does. money. He's, he's just, just being cheap. stubborn. He's just being stubborn. Like he's a guy that is on record saying that everyone's paid too much. Yeah. Coaches are paid too much. Like that's why no one, none of the big coaches went there. Like what's his name? Took a huge haircut. He's only making like 1.3 million or 1.5 million. Did he, you just say haircut? Yeah. <laughs> One guy took a huge haircut. Yeah, he did. That's, that's what we call it. You ever heard that before? What? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. You've never heard of someone taking a haircut? No. Man, taking a haircut means you're taking a deal like you're getting way less. Oh, I never heard that term before. You get oh, a haircut, yeah. you got less hair up there. <laughs> yeah. You've never heard that before? Never in my life. But it doesn't Shout apply to everybody. you've never heard that before. It doesn't really apply to everybody. You can't say Barry Trotz took a huge haircut. <laughs> right. That's your brother. It would have had, yeah, had to have been a long time ago. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, it it doesn't make sense long term. It just the fans have to be upset with this. Oh, the fans were so pissed on Twitter. Did you go on Twitter at no, all? No, I don't go on Twitter. Oh, dude, they were Twitter so is angry. Cesspool of stuff. And then the, the Hamilton. <laughs> yep. What's going on there? Hamilton's gone. Like, there's a lot of really upset, pissed off Carolina Hurricanes fans right now. Oh, did you see? Sorry, to go back to the draft. Did you see that the when they were announcing the Carolina Hurricanes pick that the Seattle pick? Sorry, from Carolina. Did you hear what the announcer said? No. He called the Carolina Panthers. No way. Yeah. I didn't so notice. On Twitter, the Carolina... Oh, just talk for a second. I got to show you. I hope it's still up. <laughs> so did they do something on there? Like, did they like meme it? The Carolina Panthers... Oh, wow. Uh, changed their their profile picture to... Oh, uh, crap. That's really funny. Uh, the, yeah, so the Carolina Panthers changed their profile picture to like a Hurricanes logo. And the Carolina Hurricanes changed their Twitter picture to like a sketch, a really like three year old drawing of a cat, of a panther, <laughs> <laughs> just to just to kind of troll on oh, uh, Seattle. Wow. But uh, that kind of stuff makes Gary upset, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He, he is all about professionalism mm. and precision, and yeah, yep. he won't be liking that. <laughs> uh, I don't know where I was going with that. It's off topic, but oh, okay, yeah. Twitter was just a fire. Yeah, yeah, for Carolina Hurricanes fans, major pissed. There's been a bunch of one sided trades. It seems like. In the last few days, like I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I don't. It's this flat cap. I don't know. It's like the GMs all got together and like half of them got really drunk and just haven't recovered <laughs> yeah. and are making like questionable decisions now. Um, okay, let's talk about the Vancouver. This was a huge. This trade. is a big trade. So Oliver Ekman Larson, Connor Garland, whew, from Arizona for Jay Beagle, Louis Erickson, Antoine Roussel, and a ninth overall pick, which ended up being uh, Dylan. Guthner? Gunther? Yeah, I don't know. Gunther. Yeah. Gunther, uh, who was right wing for Edmonton Oil Kings. A second round pick uh, next year. And then Arizona is retaining 12% of um, Ekman Larson's salary. Whew. That is a lot of pieces. But, like, from Vancouver's perspective, they get... I don't care who they're getting. They're getting rid of Jay Beagle, Louis Erickson contract, and just in general, Louis Erickson. Yeah. And, like, all these stupid contracts that they have on their books... Are just like gone, but now they get Ekman Larson that big contract, so it's risky. But I think even just getting rid of Louis Erickson, no offense as a former Boston. Every Bruce time player, I see his name, I'm like, I can't believe he's still in the league. I know, like, what's he doing? Like, he, when he was traded to Boston, it was supposed to be a big thing, and he sucked for Boston, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, and Oliver Ekman Larson, I have in my notes that I, I don't think he's performed very well in the last couple of years. Like, not he, has, he has an 8.25 million cap hit, and he is not playing. As an $8 million player. He also has a terrible surrounding cast. That's true. Uh, so there's a little bit more talent in Vancouver, uh, even on the back end. So I I love the fit for OBL in Vancouver. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be great. I'm really excited. 
I'm not excited about having two Arizona Coyotes jerseys with Oliver Ekman Larson on the back. <laughs> but uh, yeah. fire sale. Yeah. Um, some people online that were Vancouver fans said that for um, Jim Benning, who's the GM there, yep, he said this is either going to oh yes make him the man or he's done if this doesn't. work It is out. one of those trades. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But uh, interesting. I like these big trades though. It's kind of like involves so many pieces and it's such a drastic change. In Connor Garland, no one's talking about him. One of the, if not the most underrated players in the NHL. I love this guy. He's going to be so good in Vancouver. Um, fantastic. That's all I got to say with that. Mm. Speaking of another big trade in terms of big player, Seth Jones. Probably the biggest. Blackhawks going to Chicago. Yeah. For a first in 2021, a sixth 2022 in exchange for Adam Bockwist, a first in 2021, a first in 2022, and a second in 2021. And then the Jackets will flip the second for Jake Bean, and Jones will sign an eight-year, $76 million extension, 9.5 AAV. I really like Seth Jones. I don't think he's worth 9.5. I think I was reading Chicago now has four players that equal $45 million in the cap. They are now above Toronto. Kane. Jones. Taze. I don't know who the fourth one is. But I'm pretty sure I read four people, what, $45 million. So you thought Toronto had a bad... Well, I think they were comparing the... Who was it? The that's oh, over sorry. half of your cap. It's, it's, a, four t- it's people. a Taylor Hall thing. Never mind. We'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah. That's. Uh, Are you surprised he went to Chicago? A little bit. Chicago seems like they're kind of. They have some things to work through. Yeah, and they're getting older. Like, there's some of their main. Like, obviously, Kane is still really good. Taves is coming back next year. We don't know how, how he's going to play. Yeah, like they're. It's definitely like the team has a lot of like younger players and a lot of older players and not so much in between i feel like could be wrong i haven't looked at the ages but that's kind of like the vibe i get from the team so it's a definitely a team that's going through a transition period and uh he's gonna go into that mess of the what's going on in chicago right now too. i mean obviously he wants to play there yeah so good on him he gets to go um, he gets to go where he wants he probably couldn't want him anywhere basically so so there's a trade that's in the works right now between florida and buffalo it's not finalized yet and last night after midnight um Kevin Adams came out and said, you know, I'm not going to comment on rumors. So apparently still working. But apparently um, Florida Panthers are acquiring Sam Reinhart from Buffalo. And it is believed that uh, goaltender Devin Levi will be part of the return as well as a first round pick. Yeah. Buffalo is trying their best to fix all the problems. Yeah. And there's so many problems that (laughs) they did win that trade the other day. I guess we'll talk about it. But it's like being a submarine and you pop a link or pop a leak. And they go over and patch it up, and two more pop over yeah. here. And then they go over and pop, pop this one up, and then there's two more over here. So now there's three leaks. And that's that's what Buffalo's going on right now. And meanwhile, while all that water's filling up, you're going down. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's whack-a-mole. going on. Yeah. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets acquired Jake Bean from Carolina for a second-round pick. Yes, that was part of the other one. Oh, yeah. I, I like Jake choice. Bean. I, I like that fit a lot. What do you think about Flyers acquiring defenseman Rasmus Ristolainen from the Sabres? Sends back Robert Haig, a 14th overall pick in 2021, and a second-round pick in 2023 to Buffalo. Buffalo completely owns this trade. Like, this was such a good trade for Buffalo. Ristolainen is terrible. He is a terrible player. Like, I don't know if you've, you probably haven't watched a lot of Buffalo. No. You probably haven't watched a lot of Buffalo. Nope. He is not good and has not been good, and his analytics are bad. And just the, uh, Buffalo is so happy just to get rid of him. I love this trade. So is this the case of someone thinks that, you know, oh, we can fix this player? That's exactly what uh, Flyer said. 
I said, they, they, we think we can, he fits well in our core. We think we can give him a, a fresh start and the stuff. I want to so. see an analytic on those type of comments and see how often it works out and how often it doesn't. Yeah. I would say more often it does not work. That'd be a very difficult thing to quantify, to collect that data. and to, It would have to be like the trend the player was on before yeah. and whether the trend went up or down yeah. after. Hmm. I bet you, I bet you professionally they do it. Oh, probably. I bet your teams have all kinds of data like that. Absolutely. And there's another one. Buchnevich was traded to the St. Louis Blues by the Rangers for forward uh, Sammy Blay and a second-round pick in the 2022 draft. People are pissed about this one. I am I am a someone who is paying more attention to the Rangers. I'm sure you are as well because of uh, Jared Gallant. And I really like Buchnevich, and I'm very disappointed that he was traded. Everyone is saying they did not get back nearly enough for this Heck trade. Heck no. Like, not even close. Yeah, no. it's 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 clearly a salary cap dump. That's all it is. Yep, they gave up skill for free cap space. Very very disappointed. No offense to Sammy, but uh, very uh, disappointed in this one. Yeah, like Sammy Blatt. Is that how you say it? Blay. 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 I think. And a Blay. second round. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, to it's swallow. always nice to kind of have those second round picks, yeah, second third round picks in your back pocket. But Bush Neighbors was a huge. Yeah, part of the court. that's like, a tough one to give up. Yeah. Um, Zach Hyman. Which oh. I'm glad you put this one down here. This is the worst kept secret ever. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, he's expected to leave the Leafs, join the Oilers for a $40 million deal. Now, it's either going to be a $7 million deal because that's the most they can sign him for if they do pick him up. Or it's going to be an $8 million deal if Toronto signs him and then trades him. And that's kind of what Edmonton wants to happen right now. Seven or eight million? Or seven, seven or eight years. years. Okay, you said million. Oh, sorry. Seven or eight year deal. Yeah. The AAV will be based on how many years it is. It's, it's $40 million total. And then, so what, what they're trying to do is they're trying to get Toronto to sign to eight because that knocks 500000 yes, a year off. Because they're, the only, only, they're the only team who can. So they offered Toronto a sixth-round pick to do that. And Toronto's like, we ain't doing that for 500000 We want more than that. So that's why this hasn't happened yet. Wow. <laughs> Over one year. They're basically saying the salary cap is very valuable right now because it's not going anywhere. So if you want us to do that favor for you, we want more than a sixth-round pick. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I guess I kind of agree with them in a, in a way. They're going to lose them regardless, so. Yeah. Yeah. Like, And that's probably what will happen. Play hardball. You know, if they decide to play hardball, yeah. they'll lose him anyway. He'll end up on a seven-year deal instead of eight, and they've still lost him. Yeah. And so Edmonton has a slightly more, you know, hurtful cap hit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's not much. 500,000. Yeah. Like it, so, that's less than an entry-level contractor yeah. player. Yeah. No, so no. Toronto's being difficult when they really don't need to be, but yeah. That's fine. Yeah. And then Duncan Keith is traded to the Edmonton Oilers by Chicago Blackhawks for Caleb Jones, minor league forward uh, Tim Soderlund. Or Soderlund. Yep. And a conditional pick in the 2022 draft, no salary retained. Yeah. A lot of people were mad that no salary was retained. This pick, this trade happened a long time ago, but we've been, we didn't have a podcast. Yeah. I, last I week. made a video about it. And I. What do you think about Duncan Keith? I think that from a leadership perspective and an emotional perspective on the team is going to have an impact. <laughs> That's the only angle you're going with here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From a, from a roster perspective and on like on the ice, I don't like this. His, and a contract. I don't like this. Do you think so. he solves Edmonton's problems? No. no. That's what definitely, I'm saying. Definitely. Not. So this, this is a weird trade, but I like Duncan. I like Duncan Keith though. Sure. I hope he does. Like I'm, I'm not, I, I'm rooting for him to do better. But is that Edmonton. leadership enough? Is that no. what they were missing? I, I don't think his, they're not getting the value of his contract for what they're no. getting in him as a player and as a leader. So I personally don't like this trade as 
by Edmonton, but let's wait and see, I guess, basically. Yeah, and a lot of Edmonton fans don't like this trade. Yeah, they're not They're happy. like, why are we going after this guy? And it, and it was rumored for weeks and weeks. So yeah, like, weeks. Why are we? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And then, yeah. And I know you want to talk about the next one. Um, Taylor Hall, four years, six million to stay with the Bruins. I'm okay with it. I was hoping for 5-5. Five, five. Again, it's 500000 but... Very kind of close to the TJ. He was making $8 million before, so he took two less. Yep. He wants to play in Boston. He sucked in Buffalo. <laughs> he was really good. If you project his stats from that little window with Boston, oh, I yeah. mean, he was, heck yeah, he was pro. The fit with Boston is excellent. Yeah. And he's not... But Krejci might not be coming back, and Krejci and him kind of had something going on there, so... Yes. We'll have to see if he can play as effectively when he doesn't have a setup man centering his line. When Taylor Hall was in Buffalo, even though Jack Eichel was there... Everyone is still like, oh, Taylor Hall. But I don't, like, Taylor Hall in Boston is just almost like more of a depth player than, oh, Taylor Hall. That's kind of how yeah. I feel because there's still Bergeron, like, he's the big dog, and Marchand. Yeah. And Pasternak, obviously. I kind of feel like Taylor Hall is the fourth guy in the team that kind of... Which is good for him because he's not... Exactly. The responsibility is not on him That's to be where I was man. going. Yeah, he needs to be that kind of third, yeah. fourth guy in the team and have that weight lifted off his shoulders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like this uh, deal for the Boston Bruins. Um, Flyers trade Philip Myers and Nolan Patrick to Nashville for Ryan Ellis. Nashville then flip Patrick to Vegas in exchange for Cody Glass. I don't know what Philadelphia is doing. <laughs> like the amount of bodies. I'm, I'm glad stuff. you said that because that's what kind of right in here. <laughs> the, the amount of things that they've done recently and things that they've sent out. And if you look at what they've gotten back. Yep. Uh, what? <laughs> I don't know what's going on in Philadelphia, but it ain't good. I like that Nolan Patrick is going to get maybe a bit of a new start. But I feel real bad for Ryan Ellis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no. anyway. We'll um, and then just before we started this podcast, like 50 minutes, um, the Avalanche have signed Kale McCarr to a six-year, $9 million AAV. Whew. If you want to move on to the next thing, I can check to see if there's anything else that's like super. Okay. Because we're filming this uh, on a Saturday at 1.18 p.m. Yep. Um, so speaking of Buffalo, um, the Sabres are still taking calls on Eichel but they're not going to make trades unless quote the value is there oh that's a novel concept <laughs> I have a trade to announce <laughs> I have a trade to announce <laughs> um, there's been a trade between the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets and the Philadelphia Flyers <laughs> oh my god ironically Jacob Vorchek is no longer a Philadelphia Flyer Whoa. no way it's a I'm one bl- it's a one for one trade for With- Cam Atkinson wow oh. That's a big one. That is actually pretty significant. I'm, I'm glad you checked. Yeah. I think there might be more too, but... Keep going, Gary. <laughs> you keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but... No, we were just talking about Jack Eichel, so that doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting situation. So, there's been a lot of teams that have been interested in Eichel, but apparently over the last couple of days, a lot of teams are now out because they say the ask is just way too high. So, I don't know if this is getting done or not. It seems like... It seems it's like Buffalo perfect. doesn't really care about him anymore, so they're just oh, they yeah. And what's that say? If you're Jack Eichel, yeah, I mean you you want you want gone anyway, but still, there's no way to recover this relationship at this point. I don't think. Yeah, and apparently just, they're asking for an enormous amount on a player that's hurt, that needs surgery. Yes. I don't know. Did you see that Carey Price got surgery? I don't know if this is in your notes anymore. It's in my notes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is literally the next note. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Thanks for reading ahead there. Yeah. <laughs> Carey Price underwent knee surgery in New York. Recovery period, 10 to 12 weeks. He should be ready to start the season. And despite all the things we said about Bergevin a while ago, at least in this case, you know, when this this public um, will he or won't he have to go for major medical procedures, when it came in the context of the Seattle expansion draft situation, 
you know, it, it, people were saying suddenly the minute Seattle's decided not to pick him, Carey Price was healthy again. Yeah. Well, he's not. Apparently <laughs> Seattle was really unhappy with the communication from Montreal in terms yes. of how significant the injury was. So yeah. when you see that he actually got surgery in New York and it's, it's only a, you know, a fairly brief recovery period, essentially yeah. the, the, the rest of the summer into the early fall. Yeah. Um, it, I'm imagining it was arthroscopic where they, you know, they don't actually take the whole knee apart and mm -hmm. they put bionic stuff in there. They probably just went in. A little hold. And yeah, just a, a few things, maybe a meniscal tear or whatever it might be. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But um, the good news is that, well, for, for in both senses, the good news is that it's a fixable thing that they've apparently fixed in New York. I, I presume you go to New York because there's good medical care there. So, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, the best and the brightest have probably done this job. If you're a Carey Price fan like I am. And the other good news is that Montreal wasn't just bluffing it, that that Carey Price was, like, I remember, I think I shared it with you, and you probably had already seen it, The uh, someone had put it on Twitter, a picture of a guy in a body cast, <laughs> you know, and the, this is the picture of Carey Price, Mark Bergen, I just sent to uh, <laughs> Seattle. Someone was making a joke online, they said, um, about, in terms of Bergen making that pick at the draft, they said, in terms of punishment, Gary Bettman's going to retaliate against with, he, they're going to say that... Um, Shea Weber is deemed fit to play, so he counts towards the cap. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that would be... I feel like that would cause legal problems oh, between yeah. the Canadians and the like he, NHL. The dude, he might... We're going to get to him. I have, he's actually next. But before we get to him, I want to ask something. Okay. We're talking about Carey Price. And a, apparently, it was Carey Price's idea to... It was, yeah. ...put himself out there to protect Jake. our boy, Jake Allen, Jake who I ran into at Chopper's Jug Mart the other day. Heck, yeah. I said, man, that's a freaking nice F-150. Bam, Jake Allen gets out of it. I was like, that explains it. Did you say hi to him? No. <laughs> I said, how you doing? I said, how you doing? That was the conversation. Heck yeah. Was it after Wednesday? Uh, When was it? Do you remember? Oh, Friday, I think it was. Was it yesterday? No, it wasn't yesterday. Oh, it was the, the day before then. It was Thursday or Wednesday. Okay. Um, There might be a reason for Jake not being overly gregarious. Jake's grandmother passed away last week. Oh, really? Yeah, grandmother Maggie, she died. I think it was Wednesday or Tuesday of last week. Is she here? Yeah. Yeah, she was in Fredericton. She's originally from Chipman. But, okay. uh, yeah, she passed away. And uh, so maybe he's a little down because of that, I would expect. And it would be a good reason for him not to it be. Wasn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't <laughs> like a talk of me going up to an NHL player and saying hi. Mm. It was we were literally walking into the store. And I just, I do it and I let him go ahead of me. He, he he might not have even known that I knew who he was. Probably not. Yeah. And he probably had a mask on. And I, yeah. No, he did not. Because oh. we were walking into the store. He was putting oh. the mask on. Oh. It was outside, and we were kind of going that way. Gotcha. Yeah. But, yeah. I have more news to announce. But but just before we get, before we leave that, apparently Carey Price and Jake Allen bonded supremely in Montreal. Like mm -hmm. They were really good friends, and Jake had the perfect attitude as to why he was there. You know, I'm here to take some of the load off Carey to make Carey the best goalie he can be. It's not a competition. Like, mm -hmm. that was his approach. Carey really respected that. And partly, at least, made that offer to go unprotected. That's a bold offer. That's to, to help them save Jake. Yeah. That and I think lot. that's class. It says a lot about Carey Price's character. 100% class. Yeah. Okay, you have news? news. I have news. Yes, it's not really news. It's really expected news. The New York Rangers have officially bought out D'Angelo's contract. And Montreal is getting ready another <laughs> announcement <laughs> with another statement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we think this player has redeeming qualities. Yeah, and then you Slava, just have to dig real deep to find them. Slava Voinov's coming back from Montreal. Oh, yeah, you imagine. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Shea Weber, he's not going to play next season due to a number of injuries, including his foot, ankle, and knee. Bergevin said he recently had an emotional and deep conversation with him, and it's possible that he may never play again. I was watching 
on Twitter, they had uh, Canadians put up the live feed of Bergevin's press conference, and he was saying things in French, and I was I I know French quite well, and I was following along, and that's what it sounded to me like he was saying, but just in case I didn't hear him right, you know, I, I waited for the English translation, and then of course you had shared a message with me, and yeah, like he was talking about career-ending world uh, mm -hmm. for Shea Weber, and that's. Like, I was really disappointed that my French was that good, <laughs> for one thing. I was hoping that I'd heard it wrong. Um, but, yeah, that that's huge. And it's not just huge for Montreal. It's huge for Nashville. That's a – yeah, they're going to they're gonna get hurt from yeah. this. Yeah, oh, like, yes. Big time. Buyback. That's not – I don't I don't think it's fair either. It's, You're about to say that, right? Yeah. It's brutal. And yeah. that's because Philadelphia offers she to Shea Weber. Yeah. I don't I – don't, I, don't, I don't remember the yeah, – I don't remember the reasoning for it. I just remembering – reading what the result was and it's like i can't believe you have to spend that much money against your cap nashville is being punished for being offer sheeted on a player carolina has is punishing themselves for being offer sheeted on a player i think we're going to see some more offer sheets <laughs> <laughs> well we talked about it before we said you know with the flat cap and not a lot of money this is the perfect time to offer absolutely people. yes i hope you see more and i hope uh i mean obviously it tarnishes the relationship between GMs. And oh, screw the relationship. Let them be at it. If the players yeah. hate each other, why do the GMs get along? This is a business. It's not personal. Let the owners be the ones that get along and try to do whatever. Let the GMs say, no, this is my team. I'm going to do what's best. Yep. I agree. Like, GM, like, other than the Iserman stuff, GMs generally try to find a happy medium now. They don't try to win the trade. They try to find something that works beneficial to both teams. Exactly. Screw yeah. that. Go after the guy and take as much as you can from yeah, him. Yeah, I agree. Good job, Bert, Mark Bergevin, on that one thing, but not recently. <laughs> yes. Um, Tavares has been cleared to return to the ice. Yep, not a surprise. Um, suspected to be in training camp. Uh, Pekka Rene retired. He did. I guess we all kind of saw it coming. I didn't really think it would happen this soon, mm -hmm. but I think it was probably time. You see Saros was coming up, and Pekka Rene's play was inconsistent. Mm -hmm. So, uh, amazing career. A goalie with some of the best pad and helmet combos, and uh real good guy, so... Sad to see him go. Um, some big news that happened kind of right after we did our last podcast. A um, couple big buyouts in Minnesota. I mean, I did not. I could see the Preze buyout. Like, I could see it. He kind of wanted to go back to that New York Islanders. I did not see the Suter buyout. I think this really hurts the fan base. Like, those are big names. Those were the two the first big two contracts, yes. too. And Close I, to $10 million. I hope it works out because I, I I like to see Minnesota do good. I like both those players, so whatever they do, I want to see them do good. But I think it's a really tough and it hurts their situation. cap hit in years three and four. I think maybe it's two and three, yes. but they're taking a big cap hit. This it's is, fine for the next two years, and then it starts. This was a them. bold move, very bold move. Do you think they're going to go to the same team? Or do you think they'll split up? I don't know. I think I think a team will look at that and think there's a relationship there. That maybe we we'll want to capitalize on. So, Obviously, they will both be played paid less. Yes, crazy, probably significantly so. Significantly, yeah. I think there's a chance, but who knows? With a flat cap, there maybe there's no team out there who can mm -hmm. Seattle maybe. <laughs> but know. you don't want a bunch of like expensive, dried up people either. Yeah. Now, if know. you can get a deal on them, if you can get a because, deal, like I said, remember last time I said I would love to be bought out. That's double dipping, <laughs> like NB Power. So. Exactly. <laughs> like I said that last time. Yeah. It's like you have this nice 30-year thing, you you retire, you get a big severance, and bam, you go back to work as a contractor and you're double dipping. That's yep. that's what a buyout is. So you're gonna pay me my X amount of money over a longer period of time. 
So yeah. instead of maybe over the next four years, you pay it over the next eight at less, but you're still going to get that money. I can go play for Seattle for $2 million a year. I guess it's kind of like if you have a job and you get let go, and you get a severance check, and then a week goes by and they're like, yeah, we actually kind of need you, so can we hire you back? You still get a severance check, but now you're kind of rehired. and You're double dipping. Yeah, almost double dipping in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, speaking of Montreal, again, this, I think this is the last thing that we have in Montreal. Desharm gets a three-year, $1.7 million a year. We talked about how we thought the interim tag was coming off. Yeah, I think uh, you didn't seem overly excited about it. Uh, Julian was paid, I think, f- was a five million a year. He was one of the most highest paid coaches in the NHL. I think there's yeah, a I lot of coaches remember. that are I it was above close to five. Four. It's um, four or five, I think. I think at the time it was like, whoa, like that's a big. Like I think Barry deal. Trotz is up there. I think Quinville's yeah. up there. Babcock was up. Um, Babcock too, was up there. Yeah. Babcock is what started all of this. Yeah. So I think 1.7 is a very reasonable contract for a young coach, and I'm I'm really curious. I don't. I don't like a lot of the decisions that he made in the playoffs, but I really want to see a full year of Ducharme with Montreal and then kind of make it a final assessment. And I think that's what they're going for as well. And even a three years, if a decision's made after one year and you need to buy him out, it's 1.7 times two or whatever it is, or the final year, 1.7, whatever the buyout is. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep. And then my last hockey note. <laughs> Our boy. Pierre Maguire is going to Ottawa to be the senior VP of player development. This is the best news of anything that's happened in the past six months in hockey. But it didn't need to happen because <laughs> NBC was done. Yeah, but he no one else, no one, no other ESPN didn't want him. No, nope. CBC didn't want him. Sportsnet didn't want him. TSN didn't want him. Turner didn't want him. Turn like Nesson, like nobody, nobody wanted Pierre Maguire. We'll find was, someone who wants him. Oh, look, here's Ottawa. Yeah, there's one born every minute. This was the best gift ever because I'm so tired of hearing Pierre Maguire. His just his stupid analytics and his facts. And this person grew up in this and he ate toast and like it just stop do you, it. Do you know what I want to come out of this? One of the Sports Center top tens where they show the top ten most epic broadcast clips of him. <laughs> and I guarantee you number one is going to be the one where he's standing next to Darren Detention oh, so and they're both standing awkward. like this far apart. He's like, you and then, what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, he says, I know a, I know a broadcast, I know a analyst with a long stick or something and he's looking right at him. It's like, well, what are you talking about? Like, He is so sexually awkward. I watched people. a game in Buffalo uh, one time. I went with my buddy John and he had a line on tickets through family um, and we got, we got a good, good, good seats and McGuire was covering the game and he was doing a pregame hit between the, the two benches where he mm-hmm. stands sometimes and you could see the light on him and I'm sitting there in the stands like this is not really the real me, but I'm thinking if I was a sniper, I'd have, a cl- <laughs> I'd have a clean shot right now. <laughs> oh my God. I, I do not. I do not like anything about Pierre Maguire. I you just, I, I just don't like his presence. He gives some weird vibes. I get very, very like, uncomfortable yeah. vibes from Pierre Maguire. I, I, I have no good reason for that. I don't like how touchy feely he is with people, and just his comments about you know the the physical robustness of some players. Yeah, put it that way. Thick legs and all that stuff. Yeah, like, like man, what are just, you talking about? The girth, <laughs> the girth. Yeah. He's like hockey fans sit at home and watch the game and are passionate fans of hockey, and the people who are closer to hockey, closer to the teams, are less starstruck about it because they do it every day. But Pierre Maguire is one of those rare people who <laughs> is doing hockey every day, but he's still a fanboy. Oh yes, yeah. and and you can I guess take that two ways. I take it the creepy way. Me too, so, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good luck, Ottawa. One of you know, one of a very good friend of mine is a huge Ottawa fan, and when this was announced, he texted me. It's like. <laughs> 
what was that? Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. Maybe he's like, maybe he's working for free to get experience for other things. Because he wanted to be a GM. He interviewed for a couple GM jobs. He did, surprisingly. And I mean, people interviewed him, so they obviously think he has something decent to say. Do you you know one of the teams he interviewed for? Uh, I think it was like um, maybe a decade ago. Montreal Canadiens. (laughs) Really? Around the same time Bergevin interviewed. What could have been? Could have been. I would love to see tapes of those interviews. Yeah, I would love to see it. Like, what what would he say in a in a in a closed room about his hockey knowledge? I, I, I don't get. He'd it. probably look at Jeff Jeff Molson and compliment his legs or something. <laughs> That's I don't a know. Great tie you get on there, Jeff. I have another question for you that just popped up in my head that is completely random. Okay, what happened to Jim Houston? Uh, he was just gone. Chris Cuthbert is there, and Jim Houston's not doing anything anymore. I think they cut ways with him, didn't they, or something? Uh, I never heard. I I remember. Like he was your main guy. I thought we talked about that. Did I hear Jim Houston on an American broadcast? Though? I don't know because I think, yeah, I think he, I think I might have heard him on an NBC broadcast, but I don't know that. I I'm just just all of a sudden he wasn't there. I know Cuthbert and him were going to split the games, and he was going to do the West, and Cuthbert was going to do the East, and then all of a sudden I was just hearing more and more Cuthbert, and then in the playoffs there was no Jim Houston at all. Hmm. And I just kind of realized, like... I thought, I thought I remember hearing Jim Houston do Montreal games recently. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know either. Good question, though. Let's look into I it. I haven't heard anything, so... So that's all the hockey news. The only thing left now is talking about some baseball. So baseball? The Cleveland Indians have changed their name to the Cleveland Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy. They have been known as the Indians since 1915, but uh, they are now known as the Cleveland Guardians. Did you see the, the, I know you have it in the notes here, but did you just watch the video with I did. Tom Hanks? Did you? I did not. He just kind of, like it was a well-produced video. Yep. Uh, they talked about, I don't know if you, in Cleveland, there's a bridge and there's two like giant, huge pillars on the bridge and they've got uh, faces. I don't know what you want to call like, them. They're like, they're like art. Yeah. They're, I don't know what you call them. Anyways, there's characters or whatever, whatever up there. And they're like, kind of like the guardians of Cleveland. So that's, Kind of where the name comes from. A little Stone bit. edifices yes. is what I have from the notes. Yes. Traffic guardians. And they flank both ends of the Hope Memorial Bridge. I'm glad you put this down here because I didn't know names of ever, anything uh, downtown Ohio City. So, um, deco sculptures. Yeah. Art, they were art deco. Art deco sculptures. Yeah. And that's why they picked that because the owner started looking at them more closely. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the news article said. <laughs> As we were picking a name, I got to looking at these statues. I'm like, man, I never looked at these before. So I think people knew about the team name prior to them officially announcing it. Really? Because a bunch of fans and whatever actually did concepts based on the name Cleveland Guardians. They did logos. They did whatever. But is that just possible because that's a name based on that that could have happened? Could have been. I don't know how they when knew. You do when you do logo submission things, they come up with a name. A lot of people do the same name. Yes, that's right. And... Maybe that's what it was, but there was a lot of concepts and logos online by designers. And look, when you look at the the Cleveland Indians or the Cleveland <laughs> Guardians logo, have you seen it? No, it's it's text, right? Well, no, but there's the G. And the one got, I seen was like Guardians with a big G, and then the rest of the it was all capitals, but the G was bigger. I never seen an actual drawing okay, picture. I, I need just to, seen I the need text to show version. you because it looks like it was made in 1971. Oh, so you're saying you're not down with it? Oh no, it's bad. I seen the text and it, it kind of had the same text as before away. It wasn't the cursive one. It was more of like a blocky text. 
Oh, I did not see that. So it's two G's with wings. But I think that's a baseball. I think that's a very baseball-y logo. It's very baseball-y. Yeah. But based on some of the concepts, like this was that was one of the concepts that was made. But I think that's too modern for baseball. What team has modern logos like that? Some teams are really transitioning to modern logos. Now you're right. This is an opportunity they could have it's, had. It's to, an opportunity. I don't mind the name. I don't care enough to hate it or love it or In whatever. In five years, it's just the name. I just think it's a missed opportunity for the logo. But anyways, what are your thoughts? Well, um, I didn't really have any until just now. Let me see if I can work on some. Um, generally speaking, when it comes to the Washington, when it comes to Cleveland, when it comes to Atlanta and some and Edmonton uh, in football, yeah. um, clearly there's a trend to try to make things as less offensive as possible. And Cleveland's gone here and done this. And I think they picked a really good name. It actually ends the same as the previous name did. Uh, they can probably preserve some of the font and things that they used mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. So it'll look a lot the same other than maybe a logo difference. But um, I always thought that their logo, or at least they had for a while, was very cartoony itself. Like it wasn't respectful towards yeah, you I, know, I the indigenous that. That's uh, the one with the one people. feather in the back, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's a guy, and he's almost has like a cartoon kind yeah. of face or whatever. Yeah, yeah. okay, that's the, I'm thinking of the right one. Then. Like uh, when I look at the Chicago logo, yeah, like it's serious, it's it's majestic, you know, it's all it's honor, it's honored or honorable. Um, I, th- I thought it had a lot more class and respect for for the indigenous or the Aboriginal, the Blackhawks uh, logo, Blackhawks, yeah, yeah than the, than the Cleveland one ever did. Um, so you know, it's not just. It's, I, I don't think, and I hope it isn't, just a matter of wiping away references to, you know, to the original American natives or Canadians. Um, it should be about more than that. And, and I think in this case, it probably is about more than that. But uh, I'm, I'm, I, I like the name they chose, and I agree it's probably time that they did something. So that's my thoughts. I can't remember who wrote the article, but it was someone in the media, and they said, with all these teams changing their names, like if the Blackhawks changed their name, the Indians changing their names. The I think it was the Scouts, Kansas City. It was Kansas City. The Redskins. The Redskins. The Eskimos. Uh, yeah, it was the Edmonton Eskimos. The Chiefs, I think. In Kansas sorry, City. The Chiefs, rather. Yeah. Um, if all these teams change their names, and the Indigenous, like there's there's nothing to kind of honor or whatever, whether it's done respectfully or whether it's not, there's going to be a lot of of that culture that people are just going to forget about and not be like even unconsciously aware of just in through sports and whatever. And a lot of that's going to be lost. And do they actually, is that what they really want is to not be recognized and just be kind of forgotten about totally. And he says, eventually they're going to regret it. I don't agree or disagree with that. I know when Chicago was looking at changing their name, they went and talked to them and they all said it was done with class and they liked it. Yes. I I remember they they did not say we want you to change it. They were happy with Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah, so so it's not just about a you know it's not just red or white. Uh, it's about the degree and it's about the amount of respect that's included with the logo. Uh, and so I, I think it's not always needs to go a certain way. And and I, I remember that you were talking about Chicago. I remember hearing that as well. That they went to the community itself and said, "What do you think?" You know, and and they were proud to be reflected mm-hmm. in that way in the Chicago uh, logo and in the name and. You know, Blackhawk himself was a very uh, well-regarded leader uh, hundreds of years ago, and you know the whole the whole tribe. 
uh, had all kinds of very uh, majestic history behind it and everything else. So it's it wasn't a making fun of thing like it is in mm-hmm. some other ways. So um, I, I'm glad that the team took the time to ask the question yeah. and not just decide on for them what's best for them. Yeah. And and yet, yet once again exclude them from the conversation. So yeah. there is uh, someone quoted a tweet on Twitter and. I can't remember what the quoted tweet was, but they said there's a bunch of people complaining about the name Guardians and how it was so stupid and all this stuff. And a quote, a tweeted the quote, the quoted tweet said, "Just remember, in hockey, there are two uh, teams from Canada, and the team names basically just mean people from Canada, the Canadians and the Canucks. Like there are ridiculous names in a lot of sports. Yeah. Like, so yeah, like how would you feel <laughs> if, let's just say." Quebec City got a team and Montreal didn't exist. And they're just, Quebec City's team name is the Canadians. <laughs> yeah. It would so have been like, what? <laughs> like, it's not all Canadians that play for that team. The Canadians and Canucks both mean that basically the same thing, just people from Canada. Like, and that's ridiculous when you think about but it. But a lot of sports teams are like, like Blue Jays. It's just a bird. Yeah. Cardinals. It's, bird. Just, it's just a bird. Maple leaves. Parts of a tree. <laughs> um, and and if, you go back, if you go back to the Canadian Football League several years ago, you only had nine teams in the entire league. Two of them were named Rough Riders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's with that? Another one was called Red Blacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like two colors. What? Jumbo shrimp. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, jumbo shrimp. <laughs> it's just dumb. Uh, I don't know why, why they do what they do. But I, like if you go back to the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Los Angeles Dodgers used to play, play in Brooklyn where they were known as the Brooklyn Dodgers. But before the Brooklyn Dodgers were the Brooklyn Dodgers, they were the trolley Dodgers. Because to get back and forth to the ball diamond, you had to run across this busy street and dodge the trolleys that were going back and forth. <laughs> wow. So the, the fans of the team became known as the trolley Dodgers. And the team was the Dodgers. And then hmm. they moved to LA. There's all kinds of weird reasons why teams get the names they do, right? Well, there's, there's a couple of teams in, named after socks. Yeah. The Red Sox, the White Sox. Yeah. Like, they're named after socks. They're named after their uniform. Yeah. It's, I don't know. There's a lot of silly names, silly, silly, silly names out there. <laughs> Anyways. That's, that's all we got. That's it. That wraps up this podcast, and this will probably signify a break Yep. for the podcast for probably the entire month of August. Probably. I mean, we'll do one if something comes up. But yeah. We have no schedule as of yet. Yeah. We might do having a yak or something thrown in there, possibly, but just expect... For no real hockey talk, probably till September, maybe mid-September or something. But uh, obviously, I'm making videos on my channel. So if you want to come over and visit me there, that'd be awesome. But thanks, Jason, for doing all these notes. Like, you literally did all these notes. So appreciate it. Thanks, Dad, for driving all the way here from PEI just for this podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I got I to go back soon. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, missing that island air. All right. Thanks, guys, for watching. I appreciate it. If you could hit the subscribe button on this channel, we would love that a lot. Uh, leave your comments down below and tell us what you think. And if you're listening on iTunes or Google Play or whatever podcast app that you have. Uh, We appreciate you. We appreciate the audio listeners. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Adios.